0: I'm Tanzina Vega, host of The Takeaway, and you're listening to Politics Brief from WNYC, bringing you the very best coverage of the 2018 elections. You'll hear segments from my show, as well as the Brian Lehrer Show, On the Media, and the New Yorker Radio Hour, plus the work of the award-winning WNYC newsroom, which is following all the local New York and New Jersey races. Welcome to Politics Brief from WNYC.
1: It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Good morning again, everyone. Now we continue our fall election series, 30 Issues in 30 Days. Today, issue number three, abortion rights as an issue in the New York State governor's race and for control of the state Senate.
2: They know exactly what they're doing with the nomination of Judge Kavanaugh. He is going to roll back Roe v. Wade. That's why they nominated him.
1: Governor Cuomo, in July, the New York context of the Kavanaugh nomination is this. There's a bill that's stuck in the Republican-controlled state Senate that would make Roe v.ersus Wade New York state law in the event that the Supreme Court undoes Roe nationally. Cuomo this summer wanted the legislature to return for a special session after Kavanaugh was nominated in order to pass it.
2: Just need two lines in the bill. New York state law codifies Roe v. Wade. Either you come back and do that, or you are anti-choice and you are against women's rights, period.
1: Cuomo in July, but the Republican nominee for governor, Dutchess County Executive Mark Molinaro, opposes the bill known as the Reproductive Health Act. I oppose the expansion to late-term abortion, and I have real hesitation about having non-medical professionals, provide, non-doctors, provide those services. But again, I think the state needs to effectively invest in ensuring that women, regardless of income, regardless of community, have access to appropriate care, and they don't have that in the state. Republican candidate for governor of New York, Mark Molinaro. But remember the bottom line political story here as you get your head around who to vote for in your local area. This year is all about the New York State Senate. As it affects this issue, if you want the Reproductive Health Act, vote for your state Senate Democrat and hope they win back the majority so they can pass it. If you don't want the Reproductive Health Act, vote for your state Senate Republican, and hope they hang on. With me now are two guests. Anna Kaplan is one of those candidates for state Senate, trying to unseat a sitting Republican. That's in the state Senate District 7, District 7 around Mineola and Manhasset, where the incumbent is Republican State Senator Elaine Phillips. Senator Phillips did not respond to our invitations to join this segment. So on the other side, we have Michelle sterlacci acorsi from the group Feminists Choosing Life. Ms. Kaplan, Mr. Lecce-Corsi, thanks very much for coming on. Welcome to WNYC.
2: Thank, Thank you so for much having for having me, Anna Kaplan. Um,
1: Ms. Kaplan, New York State legalized abortion in 1970, three years before Roe versus Wade. So would abortion not remain legal in New York State even if Roe is overturned?
2: Well, what this bill does really, the Reproductive Health Act, it codifies Roe, it removes abortion from criminal code. And it allows nurse practitioners, physician assistants, or medical professionals to administer, and let me be really clear, administer non-surgery abortion, such as taking a pill. Also, it allows the woman to have an abortion after 24 weeks if the pregnancy is not viable or the mother's health is at risk. That's all
1: Reproductive Health Act does. Mr. Lachi Acorsi, first of all, am I saying your name right? Please correct me if I'm wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's Sterlace. I wish it was Sterlachi, but it's just Sterlace Acorsi.
1: Okay, yes. thank you for coming on. And should I assume that since you're with the group Feminists Choosing Life, that you believe abortion should be illegal and therefore you don't want Roe codified into state law? Is it that simple?
3: Well, I don't think it it is quite that simple. I think it's important to note that New York State has the highest abortion rate of any state in the nation. Uh, According to the Guttmacher Institute, the rate of abortion in New York is more than twice the national average. Um, So I think, it's uh, you know, as feminists, uh, we would want to focus on how we can, at minimum, reduce the rate of abortion in New York State. And and when folks talk about, you know, how the Reproductive Health Act simply codifies Roe versus Wade, I, I really see that as a misnomer. In fact, I think it actually pushes women, you know, backward, you know, by more than half a century rather than forward. It's not a simple codification of Roe. I mean, what it does, the Reproductive Health Act, is it disregards and ignores subsequent Supreme Court decision, which allows for reasonable, common-sense um, standards surrounding the abortion procedure, such as parental notification, a 24-hour wait period, um, for example. And so, it, 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 it and it's not only about removing abortion from the penal code, you know, and putting it in the public health law where it belongs, is really the slogan. And what, what that does is it potentially re-victimizes Victims of sex trafficking as well as victims of domestic violence. I mean, when you look at the Reproductive Health Act, it potentially endangers women's lives and it completely disregards unborn human life.
2: Mr.
1: Lear? Go ahead, Ms. Kaplan.
2: I don't hear what she's saying.
1: Oh, okay. So we're going to have to fix that technical problem. Uh, I apologize. We'll get that fixed in just a minute. And listeners will also invite your questions and comments on the Reproductive Health Act, the bill that would codify Roe versus Wade abortion rights in New York state law in the event President Trump gets to keep his campaign promise and his Supreme Court appointees overturn Roe. The bill is being blocked by Republicans who control the state senate currently. This is one of the reasons that control of the New York state senate is such a big prize for both sides in the November election, and it's gonna be close. Give your opinion or ask our guests, one pro, one con, a question about the New York Reproductive Health Act, 212 wnyc 212 433 Ms. Kaplan, your opponent, Republican State Senator Phillips, says she supports Roe, but that the bill goes too far. She gave the same two similar reasons as the Republican gubernatorial candidate Mark Molinaro in the clip we played. Phillips said the bill, quote, threatens the health and safety of women by removing any restriction on late-term abortions and allowing non-doctors to perform abortions which could jeopardize a woman's health, unquote. And though you couldn't hear it, um, that's related to one of the arguments that Mr. Lesa-Corsi was just making about this bill actually being a threat to women's health, even as it moves abortion from the penal code to the public health code. Um, so what's what's your specific um, response to the idea that the bill would threaten the health and safety of women by removing any restriction on late-term abortions?
2: Okay, so I, I know that uh, my opponent, Delaine Phillips, calls this bill extreme, and it's it, she says that it allows anyone to get an abortion, but it clearly does not do that. These are just lies that Elaine and uh, Senate Republicans are putting out there. These are fears that they're putting in people. If everyone just looks at what the bill does, bill does simply exactly what I said it, it does. It codifies Roe, it removes the abortion out of criminal court, and it allows nurse practitioners, not just anyone from the street certified physician assistants to perform these non-surgical abortions. And the fact that they say this bill allows domestic abusers to get away with abusing their pregnant partners, this is just a red herring argument. Again, they're putting fear in people. I agree that any abuse is awful. And if that results in an onboard child being aborted, it's a horrible thing. But the prosecutors rarely use this argument. If anything, they will go for a much more difficult charge and much more, um, charge like an assault where they can get the person to be harsher, to get a harsher punishment. There is no example of a case in New York where an abuser couldn't be charged with an assault or a harsher prison sentence. And for them to use this, again, is a fear tactic that they're using. They are trying to take women's rights away from them. This is not about late-term abortion. And I can also say my opponent, Elaine Phillips, who claims to be a pro-choice, Walked out of the room when RHA or CCA, C C C A, which she co-sponsored, walked out of the room when it came down to oh. a vote.
1: Well, it does seem that's
2: not how we want our representatives to represent us.
1: So the the phrase late-term abortion has obviously come up from everybody involved here, from um, Elaine Phillips, the Republican incumbent, and from Mark Molinaro, the Republican candidate for governor, and from our guest on the other side from you, Mr. Lisa Corsi um, from Feminist Choosing Life. So let's clarify that term and what it means in the context of the bill in question in New York. Mr. Lisa Corsi, let me turn to you for that. When you say this bill would... um, Allow late term abortions um, what what do you mean by late term abortion and what's the state of New York law right now?
3: Oh, well the state of the, uh, New York state law allows for abortion for any reason up through the twenty uh, fourth week of pregnancy. For any reason, up through the twenty-fourth week, and that was a law that was enacted um, in nineteen seventy. And so, um, the Reproductive Health Act—I mean, let me just say—the arguments made in opposition are not lies, are not red herrings, and I would hope that any legislative body would at least assemble hearings or a task force, you know, to tease out the nuances of the Reproductive Health Act. But you know, because already abortion is legal up to twenty-four weeks for any reason, so late-term abortion, one could say, is anything post-24 weeks, which is that around the point of viability. And the Reproductive Health Act wants to include a broad health exception. And everybody knows that Roe versus Wade and Dole versus Bolton, the companion case, the broad health exception allows for essentially abortion for any reason, familial, economic, you know, circumstances. So really, the RHA allows for abortion on demand, essentially, throughout all nine months of pregnancy. Yeah. But at 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 the same time, it repeals Public Health Law 4164, which requires that late term abortions occur in hospitals. And, you know, study after study clearly shows that the risk of death increases exponentially by 38% for each additional week of gestation. This comes from the Journal of Obstetricians, um, Obstetrics, and Gynecology, um, and that the relative risk of abortion-related, you know, mortality increases by 26, 76.6% after 21 weeks of pregnancy. So to say that the Reproductive Health Act does not potentially risk women's health when you allow it for any reason, essentially Post 24 weeks and then say It doesn't even need to occur in a mm-hmm. hospital mm-hmm. And my understanding of the RHA It does allow for non-physicians To af- perform abortions Throughout all nine months
1: And we'll get to that non-physicians Aspect of it in a minute But Anna Kaplan, what do you say To the particular argument that we just heard Obviously um, Mr. Lisa Corsi does not want New York State's current Abortion rights uh, law expanded to include abortions after 24 weeks of pregnancy um, un- under the, you know, what she sees as very broad term of the the health of of the of the woman. So this is this would be a change in the law. So argue that that change in the law is a good thing.
2: Well, the law clearly says it allows women to have an abortion after 24 weeks. If if the pregnancy is not viable, if a mother's health is in question and in danger, I suggest that she go back and read the Reproductive Health Act because that's all this bill does, the viability of fetus and the health of the mother being in question. I can tell you I've met many women who have told me and told me their stories where they wanted, they were pregnant, they wanted to get pregnant, they wanted to bear this child, but they found out after 24 weeks that the child will not be viable, even maybe after birth, and that they were, under New York law, had to go through the whole pregnancy, go buy a plot to bury this child once the child was born is that something that we're advocating this woman had to leave the state so she can go ahead and abort because she knew that this child's life will not be a viable one this reproductive health act what it does it allows a woman to have an abortion after 24 weeks if the pregnancy is not viable or the mother's health is at risk. That's all it does. They are really reading this bill not correctly. And they're putting a lot of fear in people.
0: You're listening to the Politics Brief podcast. We'll be right back after a quick break.
1: Listeners, if you're just joining us, we're in our fall election series, 30 Issues in 30 Days. Our first five issues all this week are relevant to control of the New York State Senate. We did rent laws Monday, New York State single-payer health care yesterday. Today, it's issue three, the New York Reproductive Health Act, the bill that would codify Roe v. Wade abortion rights in New York state law in the event President Trump gets to keep his campaign promise and his Supreme Court appointees overturn Roe. The bill is being blocked by Republicans who control the state Senate this is one of the reasons that control of the New York State Senate is such a big prize for both sides in the November election. And our guests are Anna Kaplan, who was just speaking, Democratic State Senate candidate in the Mineola to Manhasset area of Long Island. Her opponent, incumbent Republican State Senator Elaine Phillips, opposes the bill, but did not respond to our invitation to join this segment. So on that side, we have Michelle Sterlace Acorsi from the group Feminists Choosing Life, and our phones remain open at 212-433-WNYC. Let's go to a caller right now. Christina in Manhattan, you're on WNYC. Hi, Christina.
3: Hi, thanks for letting me ask my question. I, um, oftentimes when I hear these debates and statistics being cited in support, I question statistics, and I'm trying to understand why um, your guest who's um, anti-choice um, is quoting... Uh, a much higher abortion rates in New York State and uh, based upon what numbers and why it might be. Is it because of these obstructions in so many other states and people knowing that you can get abortions in New York and it's relatively easy to get in and out of New York? There's so many transportation mm-hmm. options to New York being a hub. Um, so what are the real statistics behind New York's abortions?
1: Mr. Lesa-Corsi, what statistics are you asserting, first of all, for how much higher the abortion rate is in New York than elsewhere? And then to the caller's particular question, do you think whatever higher rate there is in New York might be the result of the availability here? So a lot of those abortions are being performed on women from out of state who come here
3: a great question the, the statistics that I'm quoting are coming from the Guttmacher Institute um, that show New York State's abortion rate at twenty nine point six percent and the national average uh, at fourteen point six percent and you know the, the the reasons why New York State has such a horrendous abortion rate is something I think we really should be discussing rather than you know looking for ways in which to expand late-term abortion in New York State, which the Reproductive Health Act does, by enacting a broad rather than a narrow health exception. So,
1: And Ms. Kaplan, do you have any other thought on the high rate? And I, 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 presume, the- I presume those statistics are... Reliable because the Guttmacher Institute is affiliated with Planned Parenthood and generally respected by both sides. I think for its statistical analysis. So, assuming those numbers are right, um, what would you say? How troubling do you find it that New York has a much higher abortion rate than other than many other states? And what would you say about the reason?
2: Well, I think as a New Yorker, we all understand the best doctors are here in New York. People come for all types of procedures to New York. So to say that people come here to uh, abort and our rate is so much higher than everywhere does not mean that it's all New York residents. And again, I'm not familiar with those statistics, Mm -hmm. but what what the Reproductive Health Act does, it really ensures women's rights and just codifies Roe, which has been the law of the land. My opponent claims that she is pro-choice. And we are at a point now that I I believe this legislation to adopt Roe in New York State has been planned to be brought to the Senate floor, but the Republican Senate have always stood against it, claiming Roe is the uh, the law of the land. But now with Judge Kavanaugh coming on board, this might not be the case. So why not allow us to adopt and codify law?
1: Let's take another call. LaTanya in Rockland County, you're on WNYC. Hi, LaTanya.
0: good morning to your guests. My, my only issue with the abortion debate in general is what means and mechanisms are being put into place to prevent pregnancy in the first place. So many women are using abortion as birth control. And that clearly was not the intention when abortion was passed in 1970. It was to protect women's rights to govern their own bodies, not to allow them to make mistakes carelessly or otherwise, and then have the resort of abortion as a problem solver. I'd, I'd, I'd wait to hear a response from your guests.
1: Anna Kaplan?
2: Well, I think that's why we have the... Con- Comprehensive Contraceptive Coverage Act. This requires the health insurance to provide and to include all types of FDA approved contraceptive drugs and devices and products. And um, again, my opponent um, who's not here, who's not on this show, co-sponsored the bill and has claimed to be a full supporter but when it came, when the bill came to the floor for a vote by a hostile amendment, she didn't vote for it. I agree. That's why we also need to pass the Comprehensive Contraceptive Co- Coverage Act, the CCCA. But again, we have the my opponent not really voting for it, even though she was a co-sponsor.
1: Latanya, when you say using abortion as birth control what does that mean exactly because a lot of women and men listening to this are probably thinking well nobody goes into an abortion lightly and nobody doesn't use birth control on the basis of oh well i can have always have an abortion la-di-da
0: well i i think there are (laughs) people unfortunately who think that way that precaution, there's so many mechanisms to prevent pregnancy in the first place. We don't live in a society that outlaws birth control any longer. You can get a shot, you can get a pill, you can get an IUD. There's so many mechanisms to prevent pregnancy. If we're not utilizing those mechanisms in the first place, we're not talking about accidental, we're talking about people who are just not Guarding their reproductive mm. organs in a right way to prevent pregnancy when they know before they're intimate that the pregnancy is not their goal.
1: And do you think that the, the
0: population the, I'm speaking to?
1: And do you think that the law in any way should ascertain the reason or the behavior leading up to a woman's pregnancy um, or other reasons for an abortion before allowing the abortion? Is that no. what you're proposing? I,
0: I, no, absolutely not, because that would put us back before Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Don't want to do that. That's not what I'm proposing. What I'm proposing is as strong and um, persistent as people are with the fighting for the right to abort a child, we also need to fight to educate people and inform people about prevention of pregnancy in the first place. It's about mm-hmm. getting at the problem before it becomes a problem, as opposed to after I would never deny a woman a right to whatever choices she makes for her body.
1: Gotcha. Thank you very much for your call. I want to go now to the other issue um, that's been raised, having to do with who gets to legally perform abortions in New York and where under the terms of the Reproductive Health Act um, that we're debating with our guests. Um, And Republican gubernatorial candidate, Mark Molinaro brought this up in the clip we played. Uh, also, uh, the incumbent senator from this Minneola hassett district, Republican Senator Phillips, um, also brought this up, the idea that not just doctors could perform abortions. And Mr. Corsi, you brought up also, uh, I think, the question of whether this would allow abortions for the first time not to be. Um, performed in hospitals as well. What's the status of that right now? People can go to a clinic, which is not a hospital, and get a legal abortion. Would this Reproductive Health Act change that or expand that, is that your understanding?
3: I mean, you know. First, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, that you know, the Feminist Choosing Life in New York sees abortion as a tool of oppression rather than empowerment. And we really see any expansion or deregulation of abortion as degrading of women and 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 making it makes really a mockery of the quest for women's equality. We've got a law.
1: A well, I have to ling- I have to linger on that because I know a yeah. lot of listeners will react to that. You're saying <laughs> that having the law give the choice to women whether to have an abortion or not is a form of oppression against women
3: you, you know to 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 think that women you know need the opportunity to discard of unborn human life as they see fit as a, as a way in which to achieve equality i think it's really we think it misplaced I mean, women continue to make substantially less than men, for example, for equal worth. Female poverty rates continue to be much higher than male poverty rates. And and so, you know, the whole idea of, you know, again, fighting for the right to discard human life as we see fit, as though it were property, is the very thing the early American feminists fought against. Right, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton said, no, we as women are not property. We're, we're human beings with the right to vote. And to think that, you know, the, we need that extension to say, well, the unborn child is property. Mm. Clearly to be disposed mm. of as women see fit is uh, the only way in which to achieve equality. Uh, I think it, it hurts women. Uh, yeah.
1: Anna, and, Anna Kaplan, why, why don't you take a short response on that, and then I want to get back to the question of nurse practitioners' ability to perform.
2: I think... Again, the Reproductive Health Act clearly says nurse practitioners or medical professionals who are licensed to help in a non-surgical abortion clearly says what it is, okay? This is not like anyone can go ahead and get an abortion from anyone.
1: What's a, non, what's a, a, non, false, what's a non-surgical abortion?
2: Taking a pill, taking a pill, that's non-surgical.
1: And ner- so what the, the bill Health would... Health Act does Go ahead.
2: This would actually allow more women to get the medical help that they need, especially in rural areas, especially in poor and underserved areas where they don't have access to a medical
1: doctor. So, when. And you're, anyone who is so when a you're nurse
2: practitioner a, mm-hmm. or physician assistant is licensed to do basically just a non surgical abortion.
1: So, when your opponent, the incumbent Republican Senator Phillips, says in a statement that she opposes the Reproductive Health Act um, partly because it allows non doctors to perform abortions, the only abortions the non-doctors could perform, and the way they could perform them is nurse practitioners helping women to take a pill?
2: That's correct. And my opponent, Elaine Phillips, is lying.
1: Mr. Lace- and she's
2: putting false information out there and putting fear in people.
1: And mister Lace corsi do you have any different understanding of what the law would I mean, allow in I, that I, respect?
3: I, 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 yeah, yes. Um, my understanding uh, and reading of the Reproductive Health Act um, ultimately does allow non-physicians to perform surgical as well as non-surgical abortion. That is correct. And I do know that recent polling uh, from the Charles Scurrow Foundation clearly says 75% of New Yorkers oppose changing the law so someone other than a doctor can perform surgical abortion. So New Yorkers I, you know, you j- j- oppose, really, the Reproductive Health Act, according to some polling. It's it,
1: so it you have non-doctors all the way through
3: nine months to perform the abortion.
1: The two of you have a difference on the facts here, which we're going to have to now look up and fact check. I don't know if we're going to be able to get it by the end of the segment in just a few minutes, um, or if we'll have to bring it. I welcome
2: it. you to look at, uh, at the facts, because that's exactly what I'm saying is exactly what the Reproductive Health Act does. Mm. It allows to ad- medical professionals to administer non-surgery abortions.
3: This, the, I agree with that, but it also allows them to ad- uh, uh,
1: uh, saying, perform
3: a surgical abortion as well.
1: And well, that's so, not
3: correct. I mean, with, with, with certain with certain exception, but a broad interpretation of the Reproductive Health Act says a non-doctor can perform the abortion, whether it's surgical or
1: non-surgical. We're going to fact check this, listeners, and bring you the the answer uh, that we discover on tomorrow's show. Meanwhile, Antonia in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC. Hello. Hi.
3: Hey, Brian. I'm so, uh, I'm so excited that I get to speak to you. Thank you so much for uh, bringing up this topic. Um, I'm a 40-year-old woman with um, three children and uh, I just want to say that with so many women having children later in life, particularly in New York State, we have increased odds of chromosomal, chromosomal abnormalities and gestational diabetes and preeclampsia um, and we need to protect and frankly ease access to late-term abortion. I mean, I know people who've had to fly out of state to abort a late-term fetus that they wanted to have um, because these issues don't arise until later in the pregnancy. You just don't know they're going to happen. And I need to take care of three children,
2: so I, can't, uh, I need access to these things could not agree with you more. Thank you for your call.
1: Thank you for your call. Um, One more. Hillary calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, Hillary.
4: Hi. Hello.
1: Hi, you're on the air.
4: Hi. um, I am a midwife licensed both in New York and New Mexico, and I have worked at two different Planned Parenthood agencies in New York. And actually, when we're talking about facts, one of the things that Michelle said is about 29%. And there's a difference between percent and what it, the actual um, statistic that's on the Guttmacher site, which is 29.6 abortions per 1,000 women. So that's actually 2.96%. And in New York, the rate decreased from 34.2 to 29.6, um, from 2011 to 2014. And 44% of New York women live in a county that has no abortion services. So that wasn't what I originally called to say. Uh-huh. Um, what I called to talk about was about midwives who are not licensed in New York as nurse practitioners, but under a separate midwife license and who provide, um, Primary health care for women as well, and that midwives, um, as well as nurse practitioners and TAs, um, can, should be able to, and at the moment can provide medical abortions. And it is not simply giving a pill. There is a full check on the woman. I know when I worked, um, in a Planned Parenthood in upstate New York, we provided ultrasounds, we provided counseling, um, so that that it is the provision of an abortion is using mifepristone and usually misoprostol as a follow up to it, and there is um, there is a complete care, and then there's care after afterwards to make sure that the medical abortion um, occurred.
1: Thank you very much for that context. We really appreciate it. Uh, Hillary, who is a midwife licensed in New York and New Mexico, as she says, calling from Albuquerque. So so to finish up and even broaden it out briefly from both of you, Ms. Kaplan, does this bill fit into any larger context in your view of a women's equality agenda, women's equality agenda in the state Senate that Democrats and Republicans differ on? Or is this issue unique and on its own?
2: I think this issue is unique and on its own. I really do believe as a woman, as a mother, we need to help women to make these decisions for themselves. This is not about aborting a child, a fetus, that's much longer than 24 um, weeks in their term. This is about making sure that a woman has a right to have an abortion if she knows the pregnancy is not viable, or if her health is in danger. It's basically codifying role and allowing this to come out of the criminal code in New York State. These are issues that a lot of New York women deal with on a daily basis, and as a representative, and as a woman, we need to advocate For women's rights.
1: Mr. Laysa-Corsi? I
2: truly, I am very passionate about this bill. I believe it's a bill that stands all on its own. And I stand with the Reproductive Health Act.
1: Mr. Laysa-Corsi, 30 seconds for your closing and we're out of time.
3: I just want to make it clear that the Guttmacher Institute is very specific with this abortion rate in New York at 29.6, and the average rate uh, national is 14.6. So I really think that we as women should gather together on common ground looking for ways in which to reduce the rate of abortion. I mean, and I, I think it's as simple as that. How can we work together to reduce the astronomically high rate of abortion in New York State?
1: Thank you very rather much. Rather
0: than looking for ways to
1: expand. Thanks very much, both of you, for joining us. Michelle Sterlesa corsi from the group Feminists Choosing Life and Anna Kaplan, Democratic State Senate candidate in the Mineola to Manhasset area of Long Island. Her opponent, incumbent Republican State Senator Elaine Phillips, opposes the bill but did not respond to our invitations to join this segment. And that's 30 issues in 30 days for today. Issue three, the New York Reproductive Health Act, in, as an issue in the New York State and Gubernatorial Election, the New York State Senate and Gubernatorial Elections. Tomorrow, issue four, the New York State Dream Act. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, go to wnycorg
0: election.